0: But we do not see. Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interests on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Verse 5 says this Is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush? And to lie in a sackcloth and ashes, will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and to bring the the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them, and to hide yourself from your own kin. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that we continue this message about what it looks like to have sustainable faith, and we go over these different practices that that you call us to and that you invite us to, knowing that it changes our lives, and it changes our relationship with you and with others, and we're so grateful for that. So God, be with us. Convict us the way we need to be convicted. Share with us your heart. And God, as I speak, push me out of the way and may it be your Holy Spirit speaking through and in me. We thank you in your name we pray, amen. For the last several weeks, we've been in this sermon series called Sustainable Faith. And in each week, we talk about this dichotomy of two, uh, two elements that helps us sustain in our faith. And we call this the exhale and the inhale. And every week, we talk about uh, different elements that helps us breathe in life, which is this, which is this vertical relationship that we have with God. And then we talk about this horizontal, this exhale, what that vertical relationship with God, how it impacts our relationship horizontally. We can't have one without the other. Our relationship with God, and I know this is a strong statement, but our relationship with God should manifest in and through us and affect and love and change and encourage those around us. It should actually transform the way that we live. And so the first week we talked about the importance of inhaling scripture to encounter God through his word. And how that invites us to a journey with others through community. We talked about the second week that uh, this idea of intercession that we pray for others. That's our that's our inhale in our prayer. And the exhale is supporting and speaking truth to one another. Last week we talked about meditation. And this week we talk, about, we talk about this idea of fasting. And, and when I talk about this idea of fasting, when I was studying for it, when I was preparing this sermon, it was actually difficult for me because out of all the things that sustain our faith, that, these, that, that God offers us in our spiritual life, these practices, this is probably the one thing that I have trouble with. For those of you that know me, I love food. And, and so when God calls me to fast... Uh, abstain from food in order for me to grow in my faith and my spirituality that's difficult for me in fact even this morning as I walked in uh, I was really hungry and I told myself I I, it's hard for me to preach on empty stomach and so in order for me to preach well about fasting I must eat there's something very ironic about that and so I had a few bagels thank you for a hospitality team that was incredible So this is is a a difficult topic for me to preach because sometimes I feel like a hypocrite. But as I was going through it, it was a lesson for myself. And I hope and I pray that this is a lesson for us together as a community. And and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but when is the last time you fasted from food in order for us to connect even deeper and more intimately with God? Because ultimately that's what fasting is, right, which we'll go over in just a moment. But not just taking meals off, not just abstaining from food for for the sake of just abstaining from food, but when was the last time we fasted in order for us to hear from God in a deeper and a more powerful way that we otherwise can't hear or wouldn't hear otherwise? And I had to ask myself that very question as I was prepping the sermon as well, and I would say, not very often. It was probably a long time ago at that. But there's something so special about this idea of fasting and how that draws us so close to our Savior. See, unfortunately, our human capacity in our souls, in our minds, we don't have a lot of margin, right? We fill ourselves with things and people and ideas and concepts in our faith and our work and all of a sudden we don't have space for something else. That's just a, fa- that's just a matter of truth. That's just a fact. In fact, researchers will even say in our brains, we only have capacity for seven significant relationships, right? Because outside of seven or above that, uh, we just can't handle it. And so this idea of fasting is understanding that our humanity is limited, Our capacity is limited, and so we have to carefully choose what we're going to sustain ourselves with, what are we going to fill ourselves with if we have just a little bit of space to do just that. And so fasting ultimately is removing something because, again, we take in so much in the weeks past, you can listen to this online, but we fill ourselves with lies, we fill ourselves with uh, things that we must, must do, the things that we must have, the things that we must achieve, that ultimately then there's no space for the ultimate thing that God wants us to be filled with, which is his Holy Spirit, which is with God. And so, fasting is this opportunity for us to acknowledge all the ways, all the wrong ways that we filled ourselves. And so, fasting is removing something in order to create space for God. I mean, it's simple, it sounds simple. Yes, the practice of it is very complex, but fasting is very simple. Fasting is removing something in order to create space for God. I don't know if you guys ever do this, but one of my favorite restaurants or cuisines that I love is, is Mexican food. I love Mexican food. I, I'm a, I'm, that's my weakness. Uh, and here's what happens every time I go to a Mexican restaurant. I just went to one on um, California. It's really good. Uh, I wish I remember the name, but it's delicious. <laughs> it, and I went there, and I ordered a burrito, my classic carne asada burrito. Uh, and, and then I ordered chips, chips and salsa. It's kind of my go-to. I do it every time. Uh, and then I order my fancy soda. It's half Diet Coke and half regular Coke. I don't know why. Just, that's perfect. I'm a little high-maintenance when it comes to my Coca-Cola. And so I sit down, and they bring out the chips. And I do this every single time. I start to eat the chips as an appetizer while waiting for my food. And maybe you guys can resonate with me, but all of a sudden, uh, before I know it, the, the basket of chips are gone. I don't know how that happens so quickly, but it happened. And so then, you know, I get my server's attention. I say, hey, can we get uh, another thing of chips, please? And it comes, and I start eating it and eating it, and ultimately, I go through two, three baskets of chips, and then by the time the food comes out, guess what? I'm, I'm full, Because I've filled myself up with this appetizer, with these tortilla chips, which are delicious. Uh, And the problem is, then I don't have space to eat my burrito, the very thing that I long for, the very thing that I ordered to fill me. And I know this is a silly illustration, but a couple weeks ago when I was eating my burrito and I was too full already to finish it, I thought of this idea of fasting, which is very ironic that I was thinking about fasting while eating. But the problem is, oftentimes we fill ourselves... With the things that are unnecessary, with the things that are very trivial, and yet ignore the very things that changes our lives, and that burrito is very life changing. (laughs) And, And all throughout the scriptures, fasting has been an essential part of people's faith. If you look at the scriptures all across Old Testament, New Testament, there's ideas of fasting all over, and particularly with food. They fasted to seek wisdom. They fasted to seek forgiveness. They they fasted when they were mourning, when they were in sorrow, when they were in lament. They fasted. It says, I fasted and I prayed day in, day out. When they were confessing, they came to a humble and broken point of physical hunger to say, God, forgive me. For the ways that I've hurt you, for the ways that I've hurt others. People uh, throughout the Old Testament and New Testament fasted when they petitioned to God, when they sought out favor. Because fasting was a big deal, especially in the ancient times, especially in the first century. And, and not only was it a big deal, it was seen as, as a sign of holiness. Essentially, the more you fasted, and the longer you fasted, and the more hungry you were, ultimately, the holier you You were. And sometimes we fall to that even today. And even Matthew chapter 16, Jesus even understood this. And in one of his most important sermons of all time, Sermon on the Mount, he does not fail to mention something about fasting. He says this, he says, and whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. That Jesus understood that fasting was something so powerful and so holy and so right that people uh, kind of, they hijacked this spiritual discipline to, to move, remove itself from this area of humility to an area of self-righteousness. That is the antithesis of what fasting is all about. And so these Pharisees, they took something that was so holy, that was meant to be be self-submitting and self-sacrificial to something that elevated themselves. And Jesus understood that and says, hey, don't be like those hypocrites. You have to understand, first and foremost, that fasting is about sacrifice. It's about humility. It's about brokenness but yet you have hijacked that and flipped it upside down and made it all about you. And maybe we don't make our faces dismal or disfigure our faces and say, oh my gosh, I can't eat. I'm fasting, everybody. Hey, everybody, I can't eat today. I'm fasting to God. And maybe we don't do that. But at the same time, at least I confess that oftentimes my life ends up being about elevating myself, of how I find my worth and how I find my value. And oftentimes it's aside from the very thing that God calls me to do and be. And in our, even in our text today in Isaiah 58, verse 3 through 7, which we just read, God is calling out the Israelites exactly for this as well, for the way that they are fasting, And in verse 3, it says this, the Israelites are saying, why do we fast, but you you do not see me? Why do we humble ourselves, but you do not notice? See, here's the deal, and if you're a note taker, this is my first point. The first point is fasting reminds us of our weakness. Well, why do we fast? Because first of all, fasting reminds us. Of our weakness, not not only of our weakness, but our need to understand that we are weak. See, fasting, the very essence of fasting, removing ourselves from food, gives us a longing, a physical hunger that actually reflects our spiritual hunger, saying, I need something. And without that thing, in this case of food, without food, I will literally die and so fasting reflects that very, very idea of saying, without God, without filling ourselves with the Holy Spirit, we cannot live. And that's the whole idea of fasting, and yet these people have perverted it. It says, why do we fast But you do not notice? Why do we humble ourselves when you do not see that? What the Israelites are saying is, God, hey, friends, people, why should I fast if you're not going to notice me fast anyways? See what they did? Why why should I humble myself if you aren't gonna notice that how humble I am? They've flipped fasting upside down when fasting is about exposing our weakness and not only exposing our weakness, but our need for weakness. It makes us, they've perverted to say, it actually makes me look powerful and holy and good. And God is saying, you have missed the whole point. And there's so much irony in this. I, you know, here's these people. I can imagine them, you know, coming up to, the, to God and to others and saying, hey, why should I fast if you're not going to even see it? Why should I be humble if you don't notice how humble I am? Don't you see? I am the most humblest person in the world. There's nobody more humble than me. I mean, I find that so fascinating, so ironic, and yet... We do this. Fasting exposes our weakness. And again, not only exposes it, but it shows us that we need it. And the problem is that weakness is seen as an a undesired characteristic. See, the whole kingdom is so upside down. See, we we fall into this trap of Isaiah, of who Jesus of who God is talking, Jesus is talking about in Matthew about how we've perverted this idea of fasting because fasting reflects our weakness, and in our weakness, God is made strong. But we flip that because we believe in these lies of the world, saying weakness is actually not a longing, not a long for characteristic. I mean, if you look at all the social media, if you look at the, the advertisement, if you look at the things that want to sell you stuff, it's here's how to be more powerful. Here's how to be uh, more strong. Here's how to be more rich. Here's how to be more famous. Nothing out there advertises, here's how to be more weak. We just don't see that. Because weakness is seen as something undesired. And the kingdom of God is so upside down, it's so backwards, I don't always get it. In order to be rich, you must be poor, is what the Bible says. In order to, to live, you must, you must surrender, you must die. In order to win, you must lose. In order to be first, you must be last. In order to be, uh, have this intimacy with God, you must not be powerful, but you must be weak. And when we fast, and whether you fasted and whether you know it not, we've all been hungry before. Weakness is something that we've all felt, especially physically when we're hungry. And it's that point where Jesus is saying, that's where I want you. That is where you will gain strength. Not what the world says in terms of strength. I mean, think about even job interviews, You know, there's this quintessential question that I've been asked, that I ask when we interview staff or potential staff is, name your greatest strength, name your greatest weakness. And and oftentimes, they don't have a problem sharing their greatest uh, strength. Of course, it's an interview. They should. Uh, And and then oftentimes, their greatest weakness, uh, and I hear this over and over again, oh, man, I just, and I've said this, my greatest weakness, I just work too hard. Man, I, I, I know, I know. I just work too hard and I just, I know, but I can't help it. It's just a problem that I have. Because this person understands that to actually be vulnerable to a real weakness is undesirable to the employer. Uh, I'm just too much of a perfectionist. I do things too well. I do things too correctly. Or, or I just love too much. You know what the problem is? I just love too hard. That's the problem. See, because we have convinced ourselves that weakness should actually be avoided when in fact God is saying weakness is where you will draw strength. And so fasting helps us to physically be in a place of weakness that reminds us that this world is bigger than of ourselves and we can't do it. We can't do it. So we've all been physically hungry before. You've felt weak. You've felt tired. You've felt like you can barely move. And it's that physical hunger that allows us to be spiritually fed. It's that physical hunger that allows us to be spiritually fed. It's pushing back the temptation of us trying to gain strength of ourselves. Even in Genesis 3, we, we see this lie from the very beginning where the first humans, Adam and Eve, you know, they encountered the serpent, uh, and the story says that the serpent convinces them that they can be like God. They say, uh, the serpent says to Adam and Eve, what's going to happen if you eat this fruit, the very fruit that God told you not to eat? Will you die? Surely you won't die. And the serpent says, here's what will actually happen. Your eyes will be open. And you will know the things that God knows. You will be like God. Essentially, you will be God. And they fell into that temptation and they partook. And the sin wasn't that the apple or the fruit was so bad. The sin was their ego, was their pride saying, hey, I want to be like God. I want to have control of my own life. I want to know what is good and what is evil, what is true, what is wrong. I want to know. I want to do it. That gives me strength. Ever since the beginning of time, even today, today, we want that kind of power. We want that control because we are a people that have a difficult time of surrendering. We have a difficult time of surrendering. And God is saying, when you surrender, when you are weak, when you are hungry, then something happens. Fasting reminds us of our weakness, and weakness is a good thing. And weakness is my second point. Weakness becomes strength. Weakness actually becomes strength. Again, the kingdom of God is so backward, so upside down, and it happens in two ways. First, we draw upon a strength that is greater than ours. Weakness becomes our strength. How? First, we draw a strength that is greater than our own. People in the Old Testament and the New Testament fasted, and something great happened. They understood that in their time of fasting, that the only strength that they can have is not of themselves, but what God can provide. They understood that the task at hand was too big for themselves. Nehemiah, before building, uh, rebuilding the walls of the temple, fasted. And he essentially says, God, to rebuild this wall for this temple, for your kingdom, for your temple, I need you. I can't do this alone. Before Moses received uh, the uh, the Ten Commandments, he went up to to Mount Sinai. He said he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And finally, in a state of brokenness, in a state of hunger, then God says, finally, yes, now you're ready. 40 days and 40 nights is the same in Matthew chapter 3 that says Jesus fasted. In, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 4, it says that Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was, and I don't know if you know this, it says, and he was famished. He was hungry after 40 days and 40 nights. And then he was called to his, uh, his visible uh, practice of ministry at that point after the baptism and after the temptations. Then he started his, his ministry. And the point is this, each and every time somebody fasted, they were in this place of brokenness, ultimately saying, God, I need you. There's this utter dependence when you're hungry, right? When you're hungry, you just feel it. I need food. I need something. And what these people, including Jesus, says, God, I can't do this by myself. I need to draw in a strength that is greater than of myself. I can feel it in the core of who I am, that I need you. And fasting breaks us to that point. We shift from this movement of, I can do it, don't worry, I can do it, 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 I can do it. Then all of a sudden, God, I can't do this. And some of us, we need to get there. And fasting is a great way to do it, and this includes myself. We live in a life, in a world, again, where weakness is seen uh, as a bad thing. But it's only during that point where God, I I can just imagine God looking down and says, finally, I've been waiting for this. I can do it, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it to, God, I can't do this anymore. I need you. And some of us are in that state. So first, we draw upon the strength that is greater than our own. And secondly, fasting reveals our cravings. Fasting, fasting is cra- I, I I don't do it often, but oftentimes fasting puts a mirror right up to my face and confronts me with the things that I need to transform and fix. Again, when Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he says he was famished. Then the tempter says, turn these stones into bread if you're so hungry, Jesus. And his response was, one does not live on bread and bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Fasting reveals our cravings. What do you crave? What do you crave? See, when we're hungry, we crave food. Uh, Of course, the variety of foods changes depending on who we are, but at the end of the day, when we're physically hungry, we crave food. And we transform this spiritual practice or this physical practice into a spiritual practice. And then this also, in a time of brokenness and of hunger, God reveals to you what your true cravings are. And what God is offering is Whatever you're craving, I offer you something bigger and something better. John chapter 4, the woman at the well, Jesus says to the Samaritan woman, I offer you water where you will thirst no more. Where you will thirst no more. What are your cravings? What do you believe sustains you? Again, is it that Promotion? Is it, it that financial status? Is it doing it on your own? Is it specific type of relationships? Is it I don't, I don't know, upward mobility? We all crave different things, and in our brokenness of hunger, Jesus is saying, "Crave after me, hunger after me, and me alone, and I will fill you up." where you will not be hungry nor thirsty ever again. And lastly, fasting exposes our blind spots. Not only does it reveal our cravings, but fasting also exposes our blind spots. God reveals something true about us in that state of desperation. I don't know about you, but one thing I do not like doing Is I absolutely hate, I absolutely hate going to the doctors. Is everything okay? What's happening? Let's pray real quick. God, we don't know what's happening right now. But uh, there's a car accident, and God, we just ask that you be with the people involved. God, that we ask that whatever's happening, that you will come in the midst of that. You will bring peace. You will bring healing. God, we just bring comfort. We don't even know what to pray sometimes. But God, even people we don't know, maybe we do know, that we gather as a community, and we pray for our neighbors and our friends that they will be safe, that they'll be okay? God, would you provide people that can care for them? Will you be with the, uh, the first responders? Will you be with the people that you would you'd calm their anxieties? We thank you we get a chance to pray for people. In your name we pray. Amen. Is everything okay? So fasting exposes our blind spots. I don't know about you, but one thing I I don't like doing is going to the doctors. And last week I went to the, not even last week, a couple months ago I went to the doctors and I had to fill out this paperwork uh, and it asked me this question, who is your PCP? Uh, And I had to go to the person at the desk and I said, what's what's a PCP? And she said, who's your primary care physician? And I honestly did not know what the PCP was. And secondly, I did not have a primary care physician. That is how much I hate going to the doctors. But I was at a point where my throat was hurting. I couldn't sleep. I was hurting. And I finally went to the doctors. And they said, well, I'm glad you came in because you have strep throat. And I would have never known had I not gone in to the doctor's. I came to a place where I was so sick and I was so broken and my throat hurt so bad, I finally went in and I said, Doctor, what is the problem? Well, you have strep throat. And fasting does something very similar to just that. When we fast, God reveals to us truths about us, things that we didn't even know It's a scary place to be. When you fast and you, in the place of humility, true fasting, not the fasting that we see that Jesus is talking about against, not fasting we see in Isaiah 58, but fasting when we say, I am broken, I am humble, God, show me where I need the truth. It's a scary, scary prayer. And God will answer whether you like it or not, where the weakness is. The challenges you have, places that you need to transform. Fasting exposes our blind spots. In 2 Corinthians, if I can just find it real quick, 2 Corinthians is one of my favorite verses because it reveals to us exactly what this idea of of fasting is all about. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 9 through 11 says this. It says, "But he says, "But he said this to me, "My grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. So I'll boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me." There's something beautiful about weakness, and fasting brings us to that point. And the last point, which I, which I think is one of the most important part, is that fasting gives us strength and strength to give gifts to others. To give gifts to others. In our hunger, God will tell us how to love and to share and to be with others. You know, in Isaiah 58, God is saying, fasting isn't just for you. Fasting is for you to pursue justice. Fasting is for you to love others. Fasting is for you to give to the poor. Fasting is for you to provide shelter and space to the homeless. You want to know if you've fasted correctly? It'll bear fruit into your relationships with others. It's an outflow. Fasting does something to us on our inside, and then as a byproduct, helps us to love those around us. A couple weeks ago, we had this... um, pancake feed downstairs after church. It was delicious. It was great. There was some food left over and, and I took a, a bundle of bananas because I love bananas. And I was driving and I was over in the U District and I stopped and there was a homeless man. And I rolled down the window and I said, hey, I have, I have a batch of bananas. Do you like bananas? And, and he said, I love bananas. It's my favorite fruit. I said, great. Here, take this batch of bananas. And he took it and out of six bananas, he broke it in half. And he gave it back to me. Hey, this is for you. And I said, no, no, no. no. Don't worry about me. You get all the bananas. This is for you. You love bananas? This is my gift for me to you. And he says, no, I can't take it. I can't accept it. I said, no, this is for you. And we were going back and forth about these bananas. And I'm saying, take the bananas. And he was saying, no, I can only take half. And then I was like, well, I'm okay. And he says, well, then give it to somebody else who's hungry. Because bananas are delicious. And he says, and I'll never forget, he says, I know what it feels like to be hungry. Share this with somebody else. And so I took it. (laughs) See, in that place of brokenness, in our place of hunger, it reveals things about us and how we love and transform lives that are around us. But it begins with us. What do you crave? What do you think sustains you? You know, maybe, maybe food will do this to you. Maybe abstaining from food will break you and to, and to show you and reveal things to you that God has for you. But maybe it's other, maybe it's an addiction. And this is the application part. Yes, we can fast from food, but maybe it's addiction. Something on the, on the internet. Maybe it's technology. Maybe it's from social media. Maybe it's from uh, politics. Maybe it's unhealthy habits with food. What do we need to let go that has such a tight grip on us in order for us to create space for God? This one hit me. Now, I remember the other day when I was, I got into my car and I started driving and I started doing this. Because you know what I forgot? I forgot my cell phone. And for some reason, I had this weird panic attack, as if the world was going to end. And so immediately, I had to turn around and get my phone from my house. And that revealed something to me. Man, I can't go a day without my phone? That was revealing to me. You know, what is it that has a grip on you? Maybe that's the very thing that we must release and fast from, remove of ourselves in order for, us to, for God to have space and a place for us to work. And I want us to think about I'm going to invite the worship team back up and we're going to partake in communion. But as we enter into a time of response, the question is this. What do you crave? What do you think sustains you? And Jesus says, you will not live on bread and bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. You want to have intimacy with God? then we must empty of ourselves and then make space and fill it with who God is. Through various spiritual practices that we've talked about, through meditation, through prayer, through scripture reading, through community, through justice, through serving others. Fasting is such a powerful way for us to accomplish that. Maybe for some of us, the prayer is, God, make me weak. In a world, in a society where weakness is looked down upon, God, I know that weakness is the very vessel that you work through. Maybe it's time for us to say, you know what? I need to humble myself and be weak so God can use me. Will you take a moment to just pray, God, what is it that I need to hear today? What do I need to release? What do I need to fast from? God, make me weak so you can be made strong. And when we take in communion, it's saying that I've died to myself and I fill myself up with the body of Christ that was broken for me, with the blood of Christ that was shed for me, We do this in remembrance of that day. So I'm gonna invite the communion service forward. And as you come, I ask you to come from the aisles inside and then go towards the outside. And the service will say, this is Jesus' body that was broken for you. This is Jesus' blood that was shed for you take of it this is an invitation to all let's pray god thank you so much for who you are thank you that you use us at our weakest point that when the world says weakness is bad you say weakness is the very thing that i need from you god so may we empty of ourselves and fill ourselves with you help us long for you help us to be broken for you so you may speak to us on how to live and how to love others Thank you for your cross and what you've done to create a bridge for us to be in communion with you. In your name we pray.